Welcome back to the Maui Nokoi Magazine and Silver Shark Media Podcast. I'm Jason Evans of Silver Shark Media. And as always, we thank you for tuning in today and encourage you to subscribe and download to the podcast series. I'd like to welcome our next guest, Jenny Miller of the Maui Humane Society. And Jenny has joined us once before back in August of 2020 when everyone was still kind of getting a handle on the early stages of the pandemic. So a year and three months later, welcome back to the podcast. And Jenny, thanks for taking the time to chat today. Thank you so much, Jason. It's a pleasure to be here. Of course. So we talked last time um, kind of about how you were reacting to the to the early summer of the pandemic last year. Um, I kind of want to pick up from that timeline first. So how did the second half of 2020 unfold for the Humane Society? Well, it was um, it was not without its challenges and its twists and turns as everybody was sort of on the fly figuring it out. And of course, we all have overused the word pivot and <laughs> never yeah. want to hear it again. But yeah. Um, it was just a matter of reacting to what we were seeing. And um, there was uh, a continued um, push on our end for adoptions and foster because we what we what happened was um, the flights that send transfer animals to the mainland to our partners to adoption guaranteed homes, um, those direct flights were canceled. And so, we were stuck with our own population that was really high and then the inability to um, to have that life-saving program function in terms of getting the, the overflow animals off the island. Um, and so that posed a, uh, a big issue. And um, we were part of a, a large, I'm not sure if this happened before or after I spoke to you, but we were part of a huge um flight that took place uh, on behalf of Greater Good Charities, and they came and picked up animals at all the Hawaiian uh, humane societies on every island, and they had a, a C-130 Hercules plane, wow. and they came in the, the cover of night, and it was, I mean, it was something else in terms of organization. It was pretty impressive, and we sent over 100 animals on that flight to Seattle and the Portland area, and those all animals were all adopted. But that was a huge relief for us, and it was pretty exciting to be involved with something um, at that scale. So we got that was a bit of a relief, but we just continued to um, to focus on maintaining um, social distancing. Uh, we did have a, an outbreak, a COVID outbreak, in our veterinary clinic, and so our entire vet staff had to be quarantined. And that's really the heartbeat of our organization without uh, the, the vet staff. There's very, very little that we can accomplish because it immediately backs up yeah. every program and service. Um, so, um, you know, we did the big deep clean and um, kind of had a little taste of everything during COVID. And we're, yeah. we're, we're happy that things are winding down. Yeah, it's, it seemed, as, as you mentioned, especially for, for nonprofits, just kind of um, a little bit of a uh, I don't know if whack-a-mole is an appropriate term, but the game whack-a-mole where something pops up and, and you're putting it out and something else pops up uh, over on the other corner that you're having to run to. So I imagine a lot of uh, crisis management and project management skills were put to good use. Yes, absolutely. And it's really something that we're noticing across the sheltering world is very communicative and we share a lot of information. There's no you know, animosity or challenge between shelters. We're all in it for one reason. We love animals and we want to do what we can to save their lives. And so we share a lot of information and there's some great national groups and they're all really reporting right now that there's just a very high level of burnout amongst shelter workers because we've been reacting at this heightened pace for so long, not knowing what's coming the next day mm -hmm. and not quite knowing how to react to everything. And so there never really has been a break, you know, like we're 24 seven, you know, seven days a week, 
it doesn't, the animals don't slow down just because yeah. we're tired. Um, but we were really, you know, trying to, to ensure that our, our staff gets some, some mental break and emotional break. It's, it's, um, it's a challenging industry, especially for the staff to, that have to make difficult decisions and, um, and work frontline with the public. So we're, we're pretty tired, but, um, it's our passion that keeps us going. It's interesting that you mentioned that the last interview I did was with Nick Winfrey of Mao United Way a couple of weeks ago. And the first thing he talked about was sort of that mental health component of, a, of their staff. And for a nonprofit, yeah. you know, you're, in a normal year, you're churning nonstop, whether it be with fundraising, whether it be with the, you know, your goals for the year, um, and then to have all this additional laid on you um, with the intensity that it is, is just not something that that has been norm in the past. And so, you know, you mentioned before we started recording, you said I'm really busy. And my response was, I don't know if that's good or bad. I don't know whether <laughs> to say that's great or, uh-oh, like, I wish you weren't busy. Yeah, well, the busy doesn't go away. Um, it's just can we can we keep up with it? And um, we do keep up with it. We have such a committed team, and there's something really amazing about working with people who who do something out of passion. Nobody's here just to get a job. I always say nobody works at this at any nonprofit to get rich. It's right. it's all out of passion, and that really fuels us. I think through these challenging times and gives us the ability to keep our head above the water and make the right decisions and just focus solely on the animals. Our staff give everything they've got. I mean, it's pretty amazing. We all have homes full of foster animals right now. Um, we, we will do everything we can for every animal that comes in here, but it has taken a tremendous toll. We've had some, um, of emotional burnout training um they call it compassion fatigue where you're just so tired of of making these big life-saving decisions and um you know focusing on the care of these of these animals that have nobody else that that you can really really burn out emotionally and then that comes out in terms of everything else is compromised in your life you know it can affect your relationships just like stress so we've been giving some training and giving some tools and resources and um trying to be really generous with people needing mental health days and we're, we're totally supportive of that you know whatever we can do to get by whatever they need we'll, we'll try and provide and the public's been really great we've been short staffed and there's a national vet staff shortage uh very difficult to find veterinarians and vet techs right now all across the country so um the staff uh, has been um short in in pretty much every department and the public's been very patient with us uh, i think understanding that we're we're really we're trying to do what we can to, yeah. to to keep up with the pace as we got into 2021 I, i'm curious on you know i know in the midst of, of the early stages of the pandemic, there was maybe an uptick in adoption of folks that were, um, you know, trying to get some companionship at home during a time where they weren't allowed to leave for the first few months. Did that have any sort of reverse effect as people started returning to work where you started to get more animals returned to the shelter? Or is that business as usual, nothing uptick any, any more or less than normal? You know, it's interesting that you asked that question because that is a lot of headlines in the news about um, people having to go back to work and what was their sort of fun COVID companion is no longer necessary or not possible to look after them. We actually didn't find that here. Um, that was not uh, not an issue here. We had um, people held on to their animals. It wasn't uh, it wasn't a problem. That wasn't why we were having animals come in. However, we did see a, a huge surge in 
stray animals that were not um, reclaimed by their owners. Mm. So we would, uh, our human enforcement or, or the public Good Samaritan would bring in an animal. Um, we may ha- it may have been microchipped or even have identification on it, and we just got no response from the owner, um, or there was just nobody looking for it, and and it didn't have any identification. So we did see a surge, uh, definitely in uh, unclaimed or unreclaimed stray animals, uh, but not so much returned. I would say that we definitely have a lot of people who needed to move off island or downsize into a home that wasn't pet friendly. And we have seen a lot of surrenders. And I I would attribute that to the economic impacts of COVID on the island. Well, as we kind of fast forward from early 21 to to now, what has the bulk of 2021 been like and how has it differed from last year? I have to hope that maybe you have a little bit more footing um, as the island opened up a little bit. Um, you did mention that the staff, you know, being short staffed, but in general, in terms of um, fundraising and kind of accomplishing goals this year, um, how has this year gone for the Humane Society? Considering the challenges, I feel it's gone pretty well. Um, we still can't hold uh, public events, and so our furball gala is still kind of on the back burner until we get that go ahead. Yeah. Um, and so that's definitely one thing that we've we've relied on. We had um, a sleepover event in the spring. It actually was on May 1st, and it involved um, people fundraising. They fundraised within their own network and to raise money to spend the night in the shelter with a dog in a kennel. But this year we did it a little bit different. It was really fun. We called it Wags to Riches, and three of the top fundraisers would actually be taking the dog for a VIP night out of the shelter to stay at one of Maui's top resorts. They had, we had the Four Seasons Oilea, we had the Fairmont Kibani and the On Dots. And so three um, adorable shelter dogs rolled up there with their uh, top fundraiser for the night and got super VIP treatment. They were loved all over the property because people are always missing their pets. And yeah. they, we had one at the Four Seasons was a little min pin in a wheelchair called Mustang Sally. And people were just going gaga. <laughs> we even got calls from the hotel saying, I want to adopt her. Oh my gosh. So um, that was a really fun, uh, fun and productive fundraiser. We did really well with that. Um, I just, our, our major donors have been, uh, and, and our minor donors, every donor is a special donor to us, um, have been con- continuously concerned about how we're doing. We actually saw more donations last year in the height of um, COVID. And I think that was people giving what they could, knowing that we were struggling and we were. We continue to have these really high, high rates uh, of animals here in the shelter and the demand for supplies to get animals out and foster and to create more foster homes and to increase the number of staff at the shelter, um, that's never going to go away. That only multiplies. And during COVID, we started a new program called Forever Pets, and it's a community outreach program. And since July last year, when it started, um, we've given out over 90,000 pounds of free food to the community, as well as flea and tick medicines, free vaccinations, free microchips. Um, We've even given out um, large yard kennels for frequent flyers here at the shelter that are repeat offenders um, to try and help them um, stay with their owners. And that was because we were literally having people saying, I can't feed my family. I certainly can't feed my pet and it breaks my heart, but I need to surrender them. So our response with the help of some uh, major grantors was to 
provide them with the supplies and the resources they needed to keep their animals in their home. So that's been a real plus for um, 2021, um, being able to service the community. And that's going to be our focus moving forward is how can we prevent the surrender of animals? We have a new role that we, we that started during COVID. One of those silver linings is people had to make appointments because they couldn't walk in here. And we, um, we're going to maintain that process where if you want to surrender an animal, you need to set up an appointment with us first. And that gives our new pet retention coordinator, a new role we started, the opportunity to have the discussion with people before they show up having committed to that decision and ask them what they need. Do they want to hold on to the animal? What's the problem? Are they flying to the mainland? Well, we'll pay for your, your animal to go with you. Mm-hmm. Um, are you. Are you out of food? Okay, we'll set you up with our program and give you food every month. So we can at least have that conversation with people before that animal shows up for surrender. Well, I, I think a, a lot of incredible stuff in there to unpack with two points of note I wanted to, to kind of pinpoint. I, I think one thing people are always curious about is if I donate to a nonprofit, where does that money go basically? And hearing you rattle off probably, you know, just a few areas of (laughs) where that goes, I think is important for people to hear that there is, you know, a real tangible benefit to the community um, on donations. And, you know, I'm sure that there are even more facets of, you know, financial need where that money is dispersed um, that they can feel good about. But to know that there is this sort of community program that isn't just... it's helping animals, but helping families who are who want to keep their companions. But as you said, maybe um, financially not in the same position they were two years ago. Right. I mean, there's nothing more heartbreaking than witnessing a family in tears having to give their dog up. The dog comes in, you know, they're pulling on the leash. They're wondering what's going on. And then they're waiting in their kennel. When are they coming back? And they're not coming back. And so seeing the opportunity to keep families together is an, is an incredible benefit not only to the pet, but to that family and also to us because we don't have another animal to fill up the shelter. And we really need to keep these kennels open and available for emergencies. We have dogs and cats come in every day in all sorts of um, medical distress because we're an open admission shelter. So somebody runs over a dog or cat, they come here, we take it right away and we work on it um, to the best of our ability to save its life. So there's, you know, we're doing all our regular stuff. We did 8,000 spay-neuter surgeries last year. Um, we had 2,500 animals go out to foster homes. We did 2,500 um, Hope Fund procedures, which is uh, procedures that uh, sick and injured animals can get when it's uh, typically not a shelter service, but a more complicated. That's a completely donor-funded donor um, fund. So we are nonstop, but um, each area is as important it's all a big wheel and we're all just all the departments are just different cogs in the wheel but every intention is to is to help animals and COVID had us change our focus to start including people and that was (laughs) totally different for us what but we're now you know we're now even doing clinics in HANA we're going up on December 3rd we'll be giving out free vaccinations free food microchips it gives our doctors a chance to get up there and have access to animals that would they would never see a vet otherwise yeah. and and help them. And so, yeah, I'm, when you give to the Maui Humane Society, you are making a huge difference. Well, let's let's go to the, the other side of that, um, opposite of the donation. Say that someone's listening to this um, that maybe 
needs these services or is interested in these services. So that could be someone in HANA that's like, wait, what? You're coming December 3rd. Um, how, how can I um, find out more or be involved in that? Or someone who's listening and saying, hey, you know, we are financially struggling to, you know, keep our, our pet food up and our pet supplies up. Um, what is the yeah. process to uh, get involved in what you're doing? Well, the easiest way is to definitely go to our website. Um, we have a really um, uh, comprehensive website that provides all the um, contact information um, that they would need to get in touch with the program. Forever Pets is the number four, and then Ever Pets is our community outreach program, and that's where you can get supplies and food um, that uh, we can provide to people throughout the island. If people want to get involved in, in fostering or volunteering, they can find out there as well. Um, if they want to help out with some of these things, if they are in HANA and they, they, they need something, they can let us know. And we have humane enforcement that goes up there once a week. And we'll often take animals, pick up animals, bring them back for, for free spay neuter surgeries or low cost $10 spay neuter, neuter surgeries for cats, $20 for dogs. Um, and then we'll have another staff member drive it back up to Hana. So we're, you know, we'll work however we can um, to 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 help every animal that we can. You know, our, our starting in twenty twenty two, we're going to have a major push and focus on access to care, which is really a lot of shelters focus right now, and it's because of COVID. And it's how do we reach the animals that would never be seen by a vet that need us critically need us? These are animals that are are in distress and very ill and need medical attention, but they're either in underserved communities or their owners are financially not able to, to assist them. And we're going to be developing a program so that we can get out. We're even going to be having, uh, within the next year, we'll be hiring a community vet. We'll be having a mobile uh, vet sort of trailer that's going to be pulled by a truck so that we can get all around the island um, giving supplies, seeing animals, and we'll have that huge focus. And we have a uh, an amazing uh, funder, grantor, the Dave and Cheryl Duffield Foundation, that are uh, making life-saving changes uh, every day around here. Um, and they are going to be funding that huge program that will be helping the community. So our next step is that uh, you'll see us out more out in the community. Hopefully, as COVID lifts, we'll be doing lots of wellness clinics and things like that. But get back to the point the best way to get in touch with us is to go to our website and you, you'll find all the contact information there well all that is going on in addition to your empty the shelters event which is coming up uh beginning december 6th so uh let's have you walk us through sort of this sort of year-end um event that the humane society is doing to try to get as, as you talk about your goals is to get you know homa or uh your goal is to get animals into care of uh, new families. Yes, absolutely. So this uh, MP the Shelters event is sponsored by Bissell Pet Foundation. So um, when you go shopping for a vacuum and see a cute puppy on the side of a, <laughs> a vacuum, that's that's the Bissell Pet Foundation. They're pretty amazing. And um, they are sponsoring this event. So for two weeks, uh, from the 6th to the 20th of December, we'll be uh, offering animals with no adoption fees. Wow. So kittens are typically $75, so there's no adoption fee. Dogs are usually 110 no adoption fee. The only thing you do have to pay for for dogs is the county license, which is $19. 
But um, other than that, we are inviting people to come down. The do- our doors are unlocked. They are open. Our, our curtain shades are open. And um, you don't need an appointment. You don't need to pay anything. You just can come on down anytime between 11 and 4, seven days a week, and select an animal. We're also, um, we've got a program called Pause to Adopt that also started a couple of months ago. And it takes the pressure off the adoption. It's kind of a try before you buy. So you can actually take any animal home, um, any adult animal, I should say, over six months of age, uh, for 10 days before you make that decision as to whether or not that animal will work for you. And that's kind of a no-commitment opportunity for people to see how it goes. I I think that's huge. I think a a lot of folks, uh, I think that would help sort of – maybe give them an up in personal experience on whether they can handle the behavior of, of, of this animal or whether their home is, is ac- adequate to, to be a, a right. home for the animal as well. So for people who want to adopt, it's, uh, I shouldn't say it's always an emotionally charged decision. It, a lot of times it could be emotionally charged. Every, a lot of people are animal lovers and mm-hmm. want animals. What mm-hmm. advice would you give someone to sort of remove the emotional component to it and make almost an internal checklist before they make a commitment um, to come (laughs) get an animal so that you're not in a situation where uh, maybe it's a period where you're not doing the 10 day sort of rent to buy situation um, where someone takes an animal home and then a month later says, I'm not ready for this or or this isn't a good fit. Right. Because we do get returns. You you can return the animal up to 30 days. Um, And it happens. It happened to me just recently. I, I saw this dog and I really like the old broken dogs and I saw this dog and he had no jaw and his tongue was hanging out and I just thought, oh, he's so cute. And he's a nightmare. I mean, I got to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> this dog is crazy, but I've committed to him and he's with me, but you know, he's, he's mean to all my other dogs. He's rude to people. Um, you know, it's a good thing he has no teeth because he, right. he would bite, be biting. Yeah. So um, I, I, I got into that, that problem myself, but I would say that you need to be realistic about what um, what you can provide that dog and the environment that that is suitable for that animal. So if you're going to be getting a big dog, but you know that you, you don't have time to walk it or you don't have a yard and you don't have a yard and that animal is going to be inside the whole time, you know, you need to think about what's fair to that animal, what, mm-hmm. what works for your lifestyle. Um, you also need to think about, can you, can you handle an animal that may, have been an outdoor pet its whole life, and now it's going to live inside, and it's going to need to be potty trained. Right. Um, that's definitely a challenge, um, and it's very possible, and we have resources to help with that, but that's a big thing to take on. Um, so I would say um, if you have another pet in the home as well, very important to have a meeting with the two pets. We have a, an area at the shelter where you can do a meet and greet, so to ensure that it's going to work. And oftentimes it may work even for the adopted animal, but may not work for your existing animal in the home. And we do get a lot of returns, but that animal is just not having it. Um, So definitely take your time. um, Think about what's best for that animal and what's best for you. But sometimes that emotion, you see that animal, you make eye contact and have that immediate bond. It's pretty hard to to ignore the the logic. But um, yeah, just just try and and be practical. You're right. Create a list that would help. Awesome. Well, once again, if you can uh, list off the website, I know that, you know, as you said, 
you are very busy um, and a lot of different programs going on and a lot of different ways that are benefiting both animals and, and the community here in Maui. So once again, the website and or social media uh, for people who just want to kind of follow along or find the resources to learn information about all the different programs you have going on. Sure. So our website is www.mauihumanesociety.org. And you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Maui Humane Society. Um, we also have a weekly newsletter, e-newsletter that goes out. You can sign up for that on our website as well. It's got lots of um, information about any kind of events we're hosting or what's going on at the shelter, some feel-good stories, um, you know, some extreme cases that we get, which are every day could be a reality show. Um, and uh, you can sign up for that, that e-newsletter. We've just started to accept um, cryptocurrency as a donation. We are also, we've got a holiday e-gift catalog. So similar to kind of, you know, save the children by a goat for somebody in Africa. Mm -hmm. This is for the shelter. So you can buy, um, you know, a bottle baby kit for a foster family. And then uh, your recipient gets an e-card mailed to them right away, letting them know what their gift was. So that's kind of a fun thing. We've got lots to choose from. Um, And then we'll be having an auction a little bit later this month with lots of great tours and some trips and cool items and Maui-made arts and crafts. And that is also going to be a a fundraiser. And then if people, of course, want to come to the Empty the Shelters events and uh, help us empty the shelter, get these animals into homes, that would be great. And then if they just want to foster, even just over the holidays, a couple days to a couple of weeks, couple of months whatever works for them we've got an animal for them awesome and always december at the end of the year is uh, a very timely uh, part of the year for folks to give donations uh, as they kind of wrap up their expenditures for the year so always something to think about to, to consider maui humane society as one of those recipients uh, for folks that are yes. looking to disperse donations throughout the year so. absolutely end of year giving is huge and we actually have a ten thousand dollar match campaign thanks to a very generous donors starting tomorrow december 1st running until uh new year's eve and all donations will be matched up to ten thousand dollars wow that's fantastic that's great to know yeah well jenny i thank you so much you've got a lot going on and and i really appreciate you kind of clearly laying out all the different uh facets of of how the humane society is is involved in the community and I think there's a lot for any animal lover animal owner or a potential animal owner um to absorb and and learn more uh and and get involved with the Humane Society in one way or another, whether it's donation, volunteering their time as a foster home or, or coming in to adopt an animal as, as part of the Clear the Shelters event or Empty the Shelters event uh, and future events you have going forward. Yes, absolutely. And I always invite people to get in touch with me directly if they want to, say, have a, a behind-the-scenes tour or get to know the shelter a little bit more in terms of how they can help and um, make an impact or where our, our needs are please feel free to reach out to me and love to um, meet you here at the shelter and show you around. Perfect. Well, Jenny, thanks so much for taking the time and hope you have a happy holidays and a a great finish to 2021. Thank you so much, Jason. You too. Have a great day.